This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast is titled, Reward or Loss? I'm talking to born-again Christians, people who have been born again, saved by grace, and not by works. And this is so that no one can boast. As I studied for this podcast, I came across an evil phenomenon in our society. Parents, clubs, sports leagues, teachers, uh, they're teaching our children that no one loses. If they have a ball game or maybe a swim meet, everybody gets the trophy. Nobody fails. Nobody comes in last. They're hiding the truth, the truth that there are times of failure, times of loss, and these failures help us to be strengthened, to develop perseverance, to develop endurance. Sure, it's uncomfortable, and it's emotional. I remember many times coming in last, failing at some point in my life. I, n- I never liked it. But if we attack our failures and our losses properly, we can grow and become overcomers. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's just something that we have to go through. Life isn't always fair. Without failures or losses, people become weak and lazy. And I have seen, too, that they become angry because the world doesn't line up with their paradigm. They blame other people for their problems. The world, I've heard a guy say even before, the universe is attacking me. So everything around them causes their problems, and they don't look inside. They fail to work through failures and losses, issues in their own life, and can develop an illusionment of self-glorification. I think that's what Satan tempted Eve with. He was telling her, hey, you know, you can get wisdom. You can be like God if you eat this fruit. This is an increasingly slippery slope. As people grow older and older, it leads to a misunderstanding of what really life is about. It dumbs down the truth that there is eternal punishment for rejecting God and that we as Christians can enter eternity suffering loss because we fail to obey God and His commandments. There was once a king of noble birth and of social position fit for a kingly throne. He went off to receive himself a kingdom and return. But before he left, he gave his servants money and told them to engage in business. The people of that land hated the king and sent an official delegation to dethrone him. Some time passed, and he returned and received his kingly position and authority. He called his servants to give an account of their business dealings. The first one came to him and reported that he had earned ten times the amount of money given to him. The king was delighted, and because of his servants' diligence and faithfulness, he was given governance over ten cities in that kingdom. Interesting here, we don't see that the king took the money away from him. I believe that he kept it. The next servant came and he had earned five times as much given to him by the king before the king had left. And so he was placed in charge of five cities. 
The third servant came to him complaining, set his money before the king and said, Here's your money, exactly what you gave me. I know that you're a hard man and you are trying to reap what you have not sown. The king was disgusted with this servant's answer and told him, All you had to do was at least put my money on deposit in the bank and then I could have received it with interest. The king took the third servant's money and gave it to the servant who had responsibility for ten cities, and then he went and destroyed all those who tried to dethrone him. Wow, that's intense. He went and destroyed all those who tried to dethrone him. This is my rendition of Luke 19, 11 through 27. We might see God as some sort of weakling or softy, uh, maybe a pushover figure. You know, you can convince him to do anything you want or he's not looking. But God is looking and God is faithful and just. He's also loving, merciful and kind, but he is a righteous judge and he won't be mocked. God has created us with a free will. So therefore, we choose the devotion, the depth of devotion that we will give to the Lord. If he didn't give us a free will, there wouldn't be any love, uh, fellowship. There'd be no uh, relationships. We'd be some sort of robot. I know it's more than a robot, but I can't quite, quite figure it out. Without free choice, it would be so different. The stakes are high, and God desires that all people would come to the knowledge of who He is and this great privilege that He has afforded us to join Him in His work of salvation. Jesus has given us two commandments. They encompass everything that we need to know to please God and stay on the path of doing the King's business. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40. I'm sure you've heard it before. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When I look at that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, it's completely, we're to put God first in our life no matter what, and then we're to help out other people. With these commandments in context of the Bible, we are called to work hard to develop a vibrant, intimate, yet spiritual relationship with God and do good to our fellow man in every area. Sounds simple. Yes, I understand. But it is not easy. We are going to experience uh, pushback. The enemy is going to push back. Evil people are going to be pushing back towards us. There's going to be hard times. I don't want to get too deep into the specifics of how we're going to serve God and people. That's, that's for another podcast. But a quick example, we are to walk humbly with God, love mercy, We're to provide for widows and orphans. We're to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, and visit those in prison and in hospital, things like that. But with these two commandments and the Bible, we can keep our life busy in obeying the commandments, serving the Lord. Let me give you a warning that I've learned through experience. It is so easy to get sidetracked in the business of everyday life. 
and we can miss the most important thing of true life, and that is putting God first in our life, loving Him with all our heart, mind, and soul. Mark eight thirty six. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? This makes me think of when Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house. Martha was busy, busy doing housework and uh, preparing a meal, uh, maybe cleaning up. You know, a lot of people had come. Jesus was there. And, you know, that's a good thing. But Mary was at Jesus' feet, listening to every word that came out of his mouth. And then when Martha asked Jesus to have Mary help her, Jesus said no. Mary has chosen the more important thing. This was somewhat of a rebuke to Martha, but it is very important that we put God first. We can gain the whole world. You think about people who have made so much money and uh, built houses and, and you know bought hotels and all kinds of stuff like that. They may become very rich, but they forfeit their soul if they're not seeking God first and putting everything, all of their true investments, into Jesus. Matthew 6.33 says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If we are not doing that, first of all, if you're not saved, you're going to end up in hell. If you are saved, you're going to end up losing the reward of Christ telling us, well done, good and faithful servant. Matthew 25, 40. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. This world is passing away, and we will all leave our body. Now, I'm talking to born-again Christians. We're not going to die. We're going to simply leave the body. It's guaranteed. We have been given the gift of salvation, this promise of eternal life. This is like the money given to the servants, salvation. Jesus has come to the earth to become the king. He has given us salvation and asked us, actually he's commanded us, to spread this wonderful news of the kingdom of God and what is to come. And are we engaged in this business. If we are, then there is reward. I know that this life is not all fun and games. There's extremely tough times, heartache, troubles, I understand. Therefore, we long to live in a perfect world, a paradise with unending wonder and love. But because of our free will, we are constantly choosing the depth of our devotion, the depth of our obedience to the call of God. And we are determining our future. Will it be reward or loss? Let's look at this in the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. 
Let me say this again. Uh, Repeat that last sentence. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Christians are going to be judged for the things that we have done while in the body, while we're saved. You see, the king is coming, and we have been given the responsibility to serve him. Instead of money, he has given us the secrets of the kingdom of God and tasked us to live a life of faith and to spread the good news to everyone. We will be judged for what we have done. And if you look in the Greek here, we'll also be judged for the character that we have built in our life. And like the servants that I mentioned earlier that that got money from the king to do business, we will be rewarded or we could suffer loss. Remember, Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith. With that in mind, let me read 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. The word day here is capitalized. This is the day that the Lord returns. And then we have gold, silver, costly stones. Obviously, they're not going to burn, but wood, hay, and straw will burn. I remember speaking in a small church in Masao, Japan, many years ago, and I used this illustration I've actually burned up some some grass, some some hay, and some wood. And of course, uh, gold, silver, and precious stones, they don't burn. But these are symbols that the Bible uses, that Paul, the writer of uh, this particular book, he uses these symbols to tell us that this is the things that we can be using, gold, silver, or precious stones, building on that foundation of Christ, building our life. Or we could be using wood, hay, or straw— and they're going to get burned up in the judgment. I can't remember the last time I heard uh, this truth preached in the church. It kind of reminds me like, you know, nobody's going to lose. Nobody's going to fail. Nobody's going to suffer loss. That same phenomenon that's going on in the world, especially uh, targeting our children. And I'm not trying to uh, speak harshly or hard. I'm just trying to say, We're talking about the gift of salvation given to us. What are we doing with it? In summary, Jesus has come to the earth to become the King of Kings. Through his life, death, and resurrection, he established his kingdom and returned to his Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father. Those of us who have been given this gift of salvation through faith were saved and He has sent us to do his business, given us this gift of salvation, says, now go spread it. But when he returns, he will judge those who he has given the gift of salvation to. 
He'll judge us by our character and the things that we did and didn't do. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org or follow me at Rockin' Papa on Instagram. 